Every step that we take brings us closer to understanding our place in the universe, in life, and eventually in death. How you choose to spend your time among the living is entirely up to you. But amongst us, there are those that want to take steps that push the boundaries between this world and the next, whether it's as a death walker like investigator Nick Roth or entering a town that is facing a supernatural dilemma like Butte, Montana, and the upcoming series Ghosts of Devil's Perch. These people heed the call and walk headlong into what most spend their lives trying to escape and stay hidden from, the dead. Tonight, we walk among the dead with Nick Roth and go from Shepherdstown to Morgan City to Butte, Montana with me, Dave Schrader, and the mad scientist of the paranormal, Katie Stafford, on a journey into the strange and supernatural. Next, right here on the best in paranormal podcasting, this is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this. Baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. my little darklings and welcome to our little part of cyberspace this is the paranormal 60 my first guest up this evening needs no introduction but according to the legal papers he sent me i still have to give him one you might recognize him from such hit shows as bozo circus no that wasn't him that was a totally different guy he's been around the block he's been on the paranormal scene now almost 20 years with televisions, documentary, and different types of programs. I just had a chance to do a live event with him out at Bobby Mackey's Music World, along with his buddies from the G Crew, as we got to meet and greet with fans from around the world, literally around the world. People from England came in from this event. It was a great time had by all. And tonight we're going to talk about being a death walker. What does that mean? And we'll talk about the exciting premiere of season two of Death Walker. It is the project that is linked now with Nick Groff. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome him to the program. Hello, Mr. Groff. Good to see you again, buddy. Good, Dave. How you doing? You made it home safely, I see. Yeah, safe and sound. No thanks to you guys. Leaving me <laughs> naked in a cornfield. I don't even know what that stuff was you guys were giving me to drink, but man, was it tasty. Yeah, better than the well <laughs> in the basement of Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, definitely. exactly. Yeah, what a hey, great man, event, was, though. Yeah, totally fun to go out and hang out with you guys and get a chance to just be in a fun, friendly environment where we're in one of the most haunted places. And, uh, you know, we're just there for, for a totally different kind of feel to it and giving the fans a chance to just vibe there and see it what yeah. it is, this honky-tonk. And I got to tell you, I'm blown away. Bobby Mackey. Sounds as good today as I think he did 14 years ago when I went and saw him perform. His voice is still great, and he was a hell of a showman. A lot of fun seeing him perform up on stage right after you guys did your your live uh, G-Crew special. Yeah, I mean, I've known him for 14 years now, and I feel like he's getting better and better as he progresses in the years. It's, yeah. in, it's incredible. He sounded like 
like he's been perfecting and crafting the music that he's been adapting for like over over this long and it's it was incredible hearing him seeing him i got up in stage at one point he like pulled me right up on stage when they're playing live i mean it was it was just a phenomenal performance by him and it was a great time and the experience was amazing all the people coming together was just incredible i had a great time it was fun and I'll tell you, there's there is one moment of magic that happened that night when he started playing Johanna on stage yeah. and everybody just stopped. And you almost felt this time slip around you as totally. he sang the song of this woman whose life was lost. And, and what a great performance, great moment to be there. And I think people were really into that. I mean, they enjoyed seeing you and. Chad Lindbergh and and uh, Josh Hurd and some even wanted to see Mitch, but uh, <laughs> no know. Johnny Hauser. He, yeah. uh, he he left us high and dry for this event, but luckily I was there with my Fidel Castro beard and and army cap to take over for him. Uh, and we yeah. had a lot of friends drop by this weekend. Shane Pittman from the Holzer Files, and uh, of course we had uh, Brian and Rochelle from Ghost Hunters stopped in and hung out for a little bit. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. We've seen a lot of Mike Couch, yeah, Mike Couch from Lost yeah. Limbs. Yeah. So there was a lot of cool people that came through and had some fun with us at this event. So I'm glad we got a chance to get out and do that. Um, let's let's, if you don't mind, let's get started with showing a clip. Uh, this is the um, season two trailer for Nick's project, his passion project. He's been working on. Um, this is Death Walker season two. If I can just prove and show that physical attacks do happen from beyond, that would give us evidence that you do exist, that there is something than just dying. I've never experienced this before. More negative, something inhuman. I want to see once and for all, can something actually attack the living? It's this dark energy, this malevolent force. You have a mark on your neck. That's what it feels like. It feels burned. It will absolutely physically harm you. It can attach itself to you. Some will get ill, throw up. They feel like they're being held down. I sense it. If something in here can physically harm the living, talking to the negative entity that's in here. We're going to find you. Feels like it's burning. It's burning right in the middle. Is that you cutting my back? Very cool. Season yeah. two. You did 20 episodes in season one. Is that correct? Yeah, 20 episodes all together, season one, and uh, pretty much you can just compile everything together. So there's 40 episodes together, and it's wow. been a long journey, man. It's been a real long journey. Um, sleeping in locations, hitting the road, location after location, just very gritty, raw. Back to Really back to the elements of kind of how I started and what my um, my my thrive on the paranormal and like that drive and that passion, you know? So 
I really wanted to seek out like the theories, put theories to uh, to kind of like test them, you know, after all these years and adapt mm-hmm. to evolving from how I kind of started, like just seeing if ghosts existed, seeing if aliens were out there, extraterrestrial beings and so on. But I really dove into it. And as we're progressing into each episode throughout all 40 episodes, it, it just gets crazier and crazier is what I'm finding because we're up in the technology. We're working with different people. We're bringing in different experiments. We're using new technology with uh, low light capabilities with cameras that we're um, adapting now and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm blown away by some of the evidence we've captured in all my years I've been doing this. Like I've never seen something so clear, so defined um, where I'm actually, you know, kind of dumbfounded by some of this evidence we're capturing so it's um it's been a journey, you know. It's like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears has been put into this this one project. So I'm excited about it. Well, as you can see from the comments I'm popping up, a lot of people are excited about it. Uh, Catherine said that was intense. Aaron Higgins has a good question. What platform is this on? How can people around the world tune in and check this out for themselves? Yep. So I've been working really, really hard to position it properly. Um, I'm working on an American deal right now, so I shall have an announcement very soon. Uh, the premiere is this Saturday, August 20th at the Riviera Theater in Northtown, Tonawanda, New York. And we're premiering it to a live audience. Um, I'm super excited because this this theater in general is haunted and it's very historic in the heart of North Tonawanda. It has a lot of history in the whole area. So it's going to be an experience there. Um, I tested the screen a couple of days ago last week and it just sounds phenomenal. They have a new system in there and this whole orchestra and everything that's there. It's going to be incredible. So I can't wait to meet everybody this Saturday. Uh, if you're interested, there's live tickets. There's some seats left. Uh, there's an after party. I mean, it's going to be off the hook. So it's a big event. The news is covering it. Um, the the channel, one of the stations just covered it recently in the news and the press. But um, we have that going on this Saturday. So uh, very soon, once I can officially announce um, with what network we're to watch in America, all 40 episodes, I will be making that announcement uh, right now, you can watch it in the United Kingdom. Um, it's out there in the United Kingdom on the Really channel. So if you get the Really channel out there in the UK, you can watch it. The 20 apps, there's 20 apps more coming. <laughs> so get ready. So the new season will be coming out there uh, on Discovery Plus in the United Kingdom and also on the Really channel in the United Kingdom and however they kind of space it out like that. Uh, with that network, it's different for every country. So we're doing it totally different. Um, I'm, I, I just really want to be in the position of making sure, you know, it, it, people can see it and see it right. And uh, everyone can kind of view it in different countries. So it's a big process. It's a big step. Uh, so I'm excited. So I'll have more announcements coming up really soon. So do we have we have people asking, uh, can we cheat VPNs to watch it? Yes, <laughs> of course, we always <laughs> suggest doing illegal things to obtain these shows at any cost. Yeah. No, if you can do us all a favor, wait till it's in your area, then watch it. So that way it counts towards the ratings and you get another 20 episodes from Nick Groff. Nick, yeah. you're you're not being hampered this time really kind of by working in the normal TV environment of yeah. of having production and networks that you are filming this raw and ready and on the fly you're the one editing you're the one putting this together so there is no interference is that freeing or is it a little scary to to have that and not have like the 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 net below you to say hey i'm sorry that sucked 
That was the network's choice, or you know, I mean, that that's yeah. yeah. What I always said when we were doing Holzer files, I'd be right. like, "Why did they do that?" I'm like, "I'm not the production company. I don't. I didn't hear that music under the EVP when I was there. They just mm-hmm. put it in the uh, the episode, so you could put the blame elsewhere." But now, it's all on you, buddy. Is that yeah. uh, is that intimidating? Uh, no, I'm very confident. I mean, I come from uh, a rooted foundation of when I first made my first documentary, uh, looking for ghosts, Ghost Adventures. I, I came from that route. I mean, I did everything from season one. I mean, I was editing season one. I was shooting it. I was on camera, off camera, carrying the footage around. I was capturing all the footage. I was doing it myself. It turned into something later. So I think ultimately I'm just back to that that real heart, that core element of where I feel rooted again. You know, I feel like, man, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. There's no, there's no production crew. There's not a 30 person production crew. It's literally my cousin, Justin and I on the road, going to location to location, investigating them. I'm sleeping there by myself, which is, I've never done that before. So that's, that's like a, a just messing with my head a bunch mentally off and on, depending on how the environments are, the physicality, the, the, mental you know <laughs> things that are happening with the within the paranormal it's very draining but it's satisfying because the evidence that we're collecting is all worth it like there's stuff that i've mm-hmm. seen on our documentation i've never seen in my 20 years because mm-hmm. like some stuff could have interfered or you know production companies or um executive producers or so on down the line there's there's literally like eight people at a network that's going to view your stuff and say i like that or i don't like that or why do you say that I'm basically putting in all the good moments condensed down to the 44 minutes. So it's an hour app. Um, it feels it feels satisfying. And I can sit back and say, man, that was hard work. But you know what? It was well worth it. And I can and it will live on. It will live on forever. It's going to be out there for the rest of my life, even when I'm gone. And I think that's the best part is we're kind of exploring this world for the unknown, right? We're all in this search. Mm-hmm. Why not? work my ass like my butt off right now why not work so hard right now because what's to come is i'm pulling layers back and i keep discovering new things by what we're doing in this kind of realm of filmmaking in a sense this narrative driven Mm -hmm. stories that we're conducting at these locations is also stripping back the elements of okay we need you to say this stop Okay, we got enough or whatever. You know, it's not like that. It's like we're just filming everything all the time. We're staying there for a couple of days. And basically we're discovering like, man, like even even Justin and I are like talking like off camera. There was a moment where um, a lot of stuff stopped, like a lot of stuff is happening where Justin and I were just talking. We're like, all right, man. I'm going to go up here and film this really quick. Let's, you know, see what happens. And all of a sudden the door slammed shut. We're like, what the heck? And we're like, thank God that our camera over there was rolling because we had no clue, but we'll incorporate that. Typically, people overlook that stuff within production or within TV shows that are um, that are commissioned projects because, you know, they're so they're so focused on the story and the scare factor and whatever. I'm focused on the evidence the story is very important. The narrative is important, but we kind of already know the narrative. Like, oh, and we know the history. We know we we do a tremendous amount of research. So we already know that part, and mm-hmm. we get right into it. It's not like let's drag this out forever. It's 
Let's let's slam it at the front. Here's the history. Here's the facts. This is exactly what it is. It's very factual. Then let's get into it. Let's investigate. We investigate during the day. We show that. We investigate during the night. We investigate when I wake up in the morning. We investigate like nonstop. And they're all different. Every episode offers something different. Every location is different. Story. Um, it's just it's it's crazy, man. It's a roller coaster ride. Um, but it, it's it's real. It's genuine. It's like what you see is what you get. Some parts are a little boring, but that's paranormal. Some parts are right. extremely exciting because that's what we're looking for. And then boom, it just hits you. So we're kind of condensing um, tons of footage. We've been working on it for three years now. Um, and finally, um, I, I'm in a really good position and I'm super excited. But, you know, it, it takes a long time to really do it right, get it out there and position correctly so everybody can see it, you know. And that's mm -hmm. what I've been working really hard on. I know a lot of people have been frustrated, but so have I. <laughs> I'm, but I'm very right. patient. I want it to be correct um so you know you all can view it and stuff i didn't work this hard to just kind of like you know shelf it right <laughs> yeah well, I, that's yeah. what i wanted to say i made a mention this weekend when we were at bobby mackey's working with you that one of the things i love about you is the fact that you have this genuine childlike energy <laughs> when it comes oh, to really? this and i don't mean that in a bad way yeah <laughs> but it's it's you are still so excited to yeah. get in there to, to investigate, to dig, to look for questions. You're in, in, excited to, to engage with the audience live and on the show. And I think that really conveys nicely over into it. And and I think it's that energy, too, that helps you have such great uh, connection with the spirit realm because they need something to feed off of. They need they need that compassion, that love, and that sense of adventure, I think, sometimes to be heard. And there's times when you, you know, you're, you're day four or five in a, filming an episode, you're exhausted, you're, you're mentally spent, and nothing's happening in the place. Yeah, and yeah. There, there was times, you know, like Shane and I on Holzer Files, we shake it out and dance in place and, yeah. you know, act like idiots for about five minutes just to kind of get the energy back and get that. Okay, man. Yeah. You know, and that's why sometimes you'd see scenes of, you know, when I, when I kind of take Shane to task for mm -hmm. something, I was trying to get the energy back. Cause yeah. it's real easy to, I'm afraid and everybody starts getting into that zone and it's my, no, get back in there. This is it. You know, this is yeah. Rockney and I'm giving that get, get, go out there and win one for the Gipper kind of speech, right? We're going to, you got to get back in and try this. And I notice that when we do amp up the energy in haunted locations, we tend to get much better results. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I think it's great to watch you still doing this 15 years later and, I, I've never seen it ebb on you. Even when, I know there were tough times yeah. in your career and in your life. In talking to you, we could talk like brothers about the tough times, but then the minute you'd start talking about what you were working on next, it was like old man Nick went aside and here comes that spunky little 10-year-old yeah. who's ready to make his <laughs> paranormal lemonade stand and he's going to sell everybody lemonade, yeah. right? And it's, I love to watch that aspect. What keeps your drive going? in this field. I mean, at this point, you've seen and experienced a lot. How yeah. do you keep that that excitement for this type of project? I think just the fascination of what happens beyond just this right here, this one dimensional place that we live in, and we're in these human bodies, you know, and I think it's it's just curiosity of where does the consciousness and all this information we filled it with fill it with in this brain and 
beyond just, um, you know, the conversations I cross paths with people like yourself and other people I've met and near-death experiences, and even being young as a child having a near-death experience, um, and seeing loved ones around me pass away and move on and having personal experiences myself, and just that deep interconnection with like, you know, the people that I love, like my wife and Mm -hmm. Tessa, and like, just having like, um, I don't know, weird um, memories of past lives, you know, just stuff like that, I think, drives me uh and i'm also a very passionate filmmaker i love film like i love Mm -hmm. filming and i love being in the heart of whatever atmosphere i am that we're creating something special i think all the other raw elements that occur during the filmmaking just makes it even greater so i think it's just the the stepping stone in my life i just look at every single day as what is going to happen? You know, what is going to happen? Life is short, man. And I feel like, you know, every second we're breathing, we have to give it our all, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. that passion that's only going to drive us to fulfill what we need to do in our journeys. Because I don't want to look back with regrets or whatever. I want to look back and say, man, I accomplished everything I possibly could put my heart and soul and passion into. Because if I don't, then it's going to be like, man, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I would have done this different. You know, life is life is a crazy roller coaster ride. We're all hit with some sort of challenge. We're all hit with right. um, mistakes that we do, or things that happen, or people we meet, or whatever occurs. But it, how you make it and how you grow and evolve from it only makes you a better person, a stronger person. And the mentality of your mind over body will drive you to the top of that mountain to be something great. You know, not just be something that oh, I did that. That was cool. Or people remember you for that that thing over here for five seconds. Or, oh, you were that person. But I don't know you from anything. I want to be something that it, it revolutionizes like um, the paranormal world in a sense. Not not to be like, this is what it is. You know, like all scientific. Right. No. And I'm like that guy. Like I, I just want to do something that's great, that's memorable, where people can look back and say, man, that right there was epic. That I remember that that sticks with me. That was something that was, um, it, it, it changed my life to look at things differently, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. all I'm trying to do is create conversations within not just the paranormal supernatural and across the whole board of UFO and encrypted and so on. I think it's, it's encompassing life in general and just questioning what else is beyond this universe, these stars, this realm, this body, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's get deep into that conversation about it. And let's all like communicate that with one another and try to learn from each other so we can evolve. That's, that's how I learn. I mean, I'm not sitting around reading books all day. (laughs) I want to learn from you guys. I want to experience it. That's not true, folks. I've watched him go through the entire Dr. Seuss collection in an afternoon. Hey, Nick, (laughs) let's let's go. I know we've got a clip that you sent us, and time is is flying on us here. We only have a few minutes left together. Um, Season two premieres. You're doing a special uh, theater viewing of this this saturday we have a link for that in today's program guide so if you guys want to go and you're going to be in that area link up there's different ticket prices different things you can do there's going to be an after party it's going to be amazing so if you want to sign up for it sign up for it but um in this series you have this new series you have a lot of new things take place Mm -hmm. uh you capture some really amazing evidence and i like this piece that you sent us because it's uh, we're not going to give it away. I don't want people to see the actual piece of evidence. Yeah. 
um, because I want them to check it out when we get in. But you do have an expert who goes in and breaks down yeah, the information. Two, so two yeah, experts. maybe you can kind of set this up for us a little bit before I show the clip. Yeah, so we were in this location um, uh, called the Western Block in Lockport, New York. Very historical. Uh, hundreds of people died here from fires. It was crazy history, but I won't get into all that right now. There's not enough time. Mm -hmm. But when you watch the new episode that we filmed at, we're still... I just went back recently with the news report team, and now we're even digging a little bit deeper because what I believe we captured possibly isn't just the ghost. It could be an interdimensional being. And that's kind of where I'm theorizing. I'm kind of drifting into that category because if you see what is captured, it's absolutely amazing. The best footage I've ever seen in my life because it's so clear in 4K. We can zoom in. We can analyze it. It's right there in the frame. We had two cameras, one on a, a, a static tripod, exact same cameras. And then my cousin Justin was on another camera on a Ronin, which is kind of like this handheld camera. They were standing right next to each other. Um, and we were filming, not moving. And I heard this loud noise off to the side. And right before that, when we're not even moving, you can kind of see this weird arm and hand reach into frame like this and behind me. And it had three fingers and it's so bizarre and it reaches in and kind of pulls back. Then this noise happens and we run after this noise. And I didn't even know what was captured in the moment until we went back to review what was that unexplainable noise. And that's when we saw this uh, unexplainable arm and hand uh, come into frame. So it's, we had a UFOologist look at it. We had a third party video analysis. He's a professor here in Buffalo. Um, actually analyze it as I said, here you and go. That's, Here's the, right. Here's that's the, the clip footage. we've got here. So yep. there's there's a, a moment of silence at the beginning. It lasts about five seconds, folks. Hold on. The sound will then kick in. But uh, this is this is a professor, a uh, video guy that knows what he's looking at and breaking yep. this down. It has movement. It pulls away from gravity because it curls up. To me, it looks like something reaching in and pulling back out. I don't know what it is, but you know, it feels like it's coming in and, and pulling back out is what it looks like to me. Uh, and it looks like it has something different in texture and quality on these on these two ends here and up here on this this section here. Um, and and I don't know what that is. I don't know if this section is closer to the light and then these two things have two different properties like where it's reaching like this. Uh, but it, it definitely has uh, multiple physical properties and it looks like it's reaching in and pulling out. You did an incredible job to really open this up a little bit more because now it proves and validates that we captured something that's unidentified. And now I can further this investigation and figure out what exactly is this thing that we captured. Thanks. Yeah, you, you definitely captured something. And I think that's kind of the, the whole thing, right? There is something physically there with you that's only showing up on one camera. So I'm interested to see what you find out. And obviously you get an expert like that. He's going to tell if there's been a digital uh, yep. enhancement or something changed and that you have two cameras side by side, one viewing it and not seeing it. The other one picking it up. What do you make of this? And I know you don't want to give too much away, but why do you think that you can have two very similar cameras? One will pick it up. One will not. You and I can be standing next to each other with identical recorders. You can get an EVP. I won't or vice versa. How do you think that happens? I don't know. We started analyzing it. I mean, even my cousin and I, we started looking into the cameras, what was going on, um, the time of day, the atmosphere. We started looking into all mm -hmm. that. We're actually we're actually 
Um, going further and in researching into astrology, we're looking beyond that. We're going to be um, bringing in a whole team now of scientific professors, everything to analyze it and go back um, for more episodes to come in the future. And we're already talking about because it was so groundbreaking, but it validated everything that the owner has happened there too. She, you know, the right. owner of the location was telling me everything that happened. And it's funny because the video analysis who you just saw speaking to me, uh, he's been a professor for 30 years and he was funny. He, when I first met him, I'd never met him before. I sent it to him. I sent him the raw footage, both cameras. He synced up both cameras and he go, he, the first thing he says to me is you're crazy for sending me both of these cameras raw because I was immediately going to debunk it. And he's like, you're crazy for doing that. He's like, a lot of people try to send me stuff. He, he debunks everything. And he's like, right. it, it synced right up. I couldn't debunk it. He's like, it's not here falling into the frame. Uh, number one, I was on camera. I have the only hair. Justin is bald. He has no hair. <laughs> so, And he was away from the camera. It was only two of us. So it's not here. It's not particles. It's not orbs. We discovered there's a shadow on the wall, uh, the beam behind it too. So we get all into it. And he discovered by mm -hmm. analyzing, zooming all in with the spectrums that he was using in different green uh, spectrums and so on, there's heat signatures on the three fingers, which made it really weird. So then I started thinking, is this an interdimensional being? Is this not just a spirit, a ghost that we typically would wrap our head around and say, oh, it had to be um, Joe, whoever, that passed away here in the fire because there was a fire that took place there and killed a lot right. of people. So it's almost like it's strange. It's almost like a cloaking capability or something like that. Um, I, I started drifting. My head started going into UFOologists. Like, and that's why I bring in a UFOologist to analyze the footage too. And I bring in somebody like that. It gets really deep. The episode totally takes a left turn and goes a lot more than just ghosts and spirits. We go a little bit you know. further. So. What came to mind, too, is you were talking about the fire that, that came there and mm -hmm. took lives. Um, you know, I had a friend that was part of a horrible fire and in the fire, his fingers fused. And yeah. when you, you're shown that was that uh, the fused hand of the burn victim that you might have been witnessing as well. There's a lot to unpack right. in that. And uh, season two death walker and nick is excited he will be making announcements very soon and he said he'll come back on the show and tell us all the good news when it's ready to go and available here in america again for people over uh on the other side of the pond how can they watch it where can they check it out yeah so if you're in the united kingdom really channel or you can go to on uh, discovery plus all the episodes are up there right now on discovery plus the stream in the united kingdom on mm -hmm. America, 40 episodes are coming to America. Stay tuned. I'll have announcements. And I look forward to seeing everybody uh, this Saturday at the Riviera Theater in North Tonawanda. Get your tickets now. Uh, it's a packed theater. And I'll be signing, taking pictures. We have a huge Death Walker billboard that you can take pictures in front of. Cool. Uh, so it's it's exciting, man. You know, it's it's been a long journey, but I'm really excited to see it all come to light and have everyone experience it and watch it. Well, let me, before I say goodbye to you, because in a moment I'm going to be joined by uh, my new partner in crime, Katie Stafford from the new series, yeah. Ghosts of Devil's Perch. This is exciting um, because I get, to, you know, I get to walk in the shadow of Hans Holzer for the Holzer Files. Uh, what a lot of people may not realize is this is now the fourth season of the series you began. You did season yeah. one and two of Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Yeah. Season three brought in um, Ben Hansen and Sarah Lemos, uh, Jeremy Leonard, and Katie Stafford as the new crew as they went to Louisiana to investigate claims. Uh, the new series is out. I'm just curious for you. I mean, we've we've had the chance to walk the same path of going to multiple places all over. 
you know, it's it's weird to me, and I wonder how that impacted you leaving Shepherdstown. Do you feel fulfilled, like you got all the answers? Because I feel like I could do eight seasons there, and I don't know yeah. that Katie and Cindy and I are ever going to get every nuance, every piece of that story together because there's so much. Yeah, I think you never feel fulfilled looking for the unknown. And I think what excited me when I was first asked to be a part of that crew is mm. uh, the police. You know, the police being involved in Shepherdstown really intrigued me to say, I will do this. Because typically I won't, like, you know, jump on production crews or I like to do my own thing to stay away from mm -hmm. all that stuff. And it excited me because the police and the sheriff and everybody was involved and the mayor. So I got to meet the mayor of um, Shepherdstown and all that stuff when I did it way back when. That's a long time ago. And I just feel like... Um, you know, it, it's almost like you never fulfill what you're actually searching for. I climbed through a ton of caves. I looked for all sorts of weird stuff, so many crazy stories. And I think it was just exciting running around, you know, the whole entire town at nighttime during the day, um, kind of telling and replaying the stories, talking to eyewitness accounts, and then just really getting gritty into the investigations. And it was exciting to jump in the cop car, go on a police call with them, them saying, I can't figure out what's going on here. Do you know? And then like, <laughs> please asking me what if I know what's going on here. I'm like, let me try to figure it out. And I think, you know, we actually debunked a lot of stuff too, which was really cool. Um, so I think a lot of things sometimes that people think is paranormal, you, you start to realize, no, this is what actually is occurring. And we could have actually help people too at the same time. Um, so it was exciting, man. It was exciting for the time that I was allowed to do that. And I mm -hmm. really enjoyed running around the, the cops and stuff. Um, and I said, yeah, it's crazy how time. <laughs> you, we could go to a location for five days to film a location. Right. And if you yeah. get three seconds of cool stuff in that five days, it's, it's great to show on TV, right. but would, you know, that's like the Stanley or the Queen Mary or Eastern state penitentiary or Waverly Hills, right? You gotta, we gotta work hard and long hours just to get the interaction that you see, which boils down to very little to go into a town like Butte, Montana, KD, when, you know, we like landed, got our stuff put into the rooms. We're setting up the, the headquarters when the first call came in and it was literally our first day. We thought they were joking with us. We're like, what? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Sheriff Lester's on the horn. So we got on the call and we were off and flying and it was total indoctrination by fire just to like launch into something like this. And then there was no breathing points, man. This was weird, right? You get one case after another, yeah. after another. And, and there's so much history to towns like this. I'm glad that we're able to take towns like mm -hmm. Shepherdstown and Morgan city that, you know, maybe even Butte may not have ever pinged anybody's radar before. But now right. you start to realize there's something there and every place has a story to tell. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. All the paranormal, the ghosts, everything starts with a story. It starts with the history. Mm -hmm. I mean, Civil War, the blood that was shed on the actually grounds of America and just all the tragedy that occurred. And, you know, a lot of these locations are built on top of it where people have mm -hmm. lived. Uh, for decades and just things kind of spark up, kick up and like the unexplainable happens. And sometimes like the ordinary person, you know, needs help, like, or the police can't figure it out. So it was an interesting concept. It was a, yeah. it was a cool thing to be a part of. And um, I really enjoyed running around with the cops and stuff and trying to figure out what, 
these paranormal uh, happenings were. So, and I love Shepherdstown. It's a beautiful town and a lot of history, so rich in history. I mean, well, hopefully we do you proud with this new iteration and I hope you'll check it out as well with uh, ghosts of uh, devil's perch. Nick, thanks for stopping in. We do have a link up for your premiere this weekend so people can find out where they can meet you, watch the premiere live with you in a haunted theater. This is going to be awesome. But again, always great catching up with you. Thanks for coming in. You too, man. Good luck. I'll Thank be you. checking it out. All right. Take All care. right. Thanks. So check it out. And for those of you in the UK, keep your eyes peeled. You might be seeing season two very, very soon of Death Walker. We're going to uh, take a quick break. We've got a few things to uh, to play out here. And when we come back, I'll be joined by the mad scientist of the paranormal, Katie Stafford, my new investigative partners we launch into the get uh, the ghosts not the guests we were the guests they're the ghosts but we were all at the devil's perch stay tuned you'll find out more about that when we return today's episode is brought to you by better help what's the first thing that you'd do if say you had an extra hour in your day would you go for a run maybe take a nap read a book or just show up for a friend a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time and the question is Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. That is going to be an amazing event, the Four Leaf Clover. It is the Rock and Wrestling Rager, the number four uh, cruise ship uh, excursion we're going to be doing. I'm the Paranormal Contingent on board, so you can come see the Paranormal 60 live. And we're working diligently right now. We may even have the uh, news crew on board with us, so you might get a chance to meet uh, the Colonel himself, Martin Vaez, Chachi, Eric Folsom, and of course, the paranormal detective himself, Greg Lawson. So go get your tickets now. Join us, Jericho, uh, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. It is a fun time. Lots of music, lots of wrestling, and some scary moments out in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. If you have the guts, come on out, spend a little time with us. You will be thankful that you did. We've always had great times every time we go out there. And speaking of great times... Check that out. That's right. You can join Dave Schrader, Cindy Kaysen, and Katie Stafford in this new 
paranormal series Ghosts of Devil's Perch begins airing on Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus. That is this coming Sunday, and joining us right now, the mad scientist of the paranormal, and you recognize him from the Ghosts of Morgan City. He is the lone rollover into the new series with us, Katie Stafford. Welcome back, Katie. It's good to be here, Dave. It's good to be here. Good to have you. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is cool, man. This was a neat opportunity for us to get out and challenge and do something different. You, you and I, we've been to many different places all around the world, all around the United States. Uh, was this the first time you've ever just been kind of locked in one area for, for a long period of time? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, outside of, you know, our, uh, our home turf, obviously, mm-hmm. I think every uh, – paranormal investigators kind of got their own little area around them that they are right. used to exploring thoroughly for a long period of time. But it's weird to go to a completely different state and, and just get so entrenched in the history and the activity going on in just what that specific place It was, it's really cool. Well, for people that might have missed, as I said with Nick, this is the fourth series in this run. The first series and second series was Ghosts of Shepherdstown 1 and 2 with Nick Roth and Elizabeth Saint. Uh, Series 3 was Ben Hansen and uh, Sarah Lemos, uh, Jeremy Leonard, the de- the Cajun demonologist, and uh, Katie Stafford popped in for, what, I think four, four or five of the episodes to put together equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah do some cool stuff. So if you are not familiar with the story, let's let them take a look at the trailer and kind of get a flavor for what they can expect this season. I've been in law enforcement here for 30 years and I've been the sheriff here for the past eight. We've been getting a lot of strange calls calls that I can't explain. They're calling us because there's something out there that scared them. 4-0 entering residence right now. Do I believe in ghosts? I wouldn't say that I do. Residence is clear. But I think you have to look at these things when people you trust and you know are telling you they're afraid. I've lived here for 50 of the 55 years of my life. Growing up, I knew this place was haunted. Butte has a history of mining, and that's what built this community. Wild West atmosphere, and with all the corruption and wealth that was here, there was a lot of tragedy. These days, we're working to get Butte into the future. Revitalizing our downtown and our uptown districts is the main focus for us here. But every time we put a shovel in the ground, something unsettling happens. My department's getting overwhelmed with calls we just can't explain. The mayor and I are going to do everything we can to keep our city safe and our citizens safe. If that involves inviting paranormal experts to come here and spend some time in our community, I'm 100% with them. Something big is happening. It's brewing underneath their city. There's a monster that lives in the tunnels. Can you talk to me through this flashlight? What would cause it to jump to 95.8? Look at it. That glass just shattered. It is a spiritual awakening and it is mad. What the hell? Our job now is to figure out how we can stop this before things get really bad for the town of Butte. Are you trying to hurt anybody else out here? What the? 
I feel like I got stabbed in the gut. We need an ambulance. I'm actually worried that we just made it worse. And Kitty, watching that footage again, chills a little bit. Right, I did. My look at that. My hair's standing up. What little I have left on my body is all bouncy. You know, it feels almost surreal to watch, especially the scene in the Cabbage Patch. And we can't give anything away. I mean, they gave a lot away in that trailer. I was really surprised, but to know what happens, give it away. Right. Technically, I mean, right. you know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, just trying to put myself in somebody's shoes who did, who doesn't know what happened. Looking at the trailer, it's like, okay, how in the why in the world? How did they get to that point? I mean, that's you know the best I yeah. can come up with. So uh, I think it's going to be really good. I, well, and I still you- haven't watched any of it. I have kept my promise. I haven't watched not a minute of the actual show because I'm waiting for the watch party that we're doing awesome. on Sunday. How can people join you for the watch party, Katie? Oh, well, I mean, we didn't uh, and uh, we didn't plan on it to be like a big deal. Uh, it's in a tiny little uh, historic bank um, in a uh, Smithville uh, town close by. But we, you know, we just originally we were like going to have like 10, maybe 20 people. And I think we went over that already. But, you know, I do want to do more. So there may be more coming up in the future, uh, like during this season. Um, it'd be some last minute throwing it together. But, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let everybody know on the fan page um, if we awesome. do. Yeah. And just so you do know, folks, there is an official Ghosts of Devil's Perch Facebook fan page, and it is run by the three of us. So we are there. We're the ones reading your messages. We're the ones posting to the site. So we'll be able to interact with you the best we can um, with our our busy schedules. But this series, uh, you you get to share something with my other Southern buddy, uh, right? So you and Shane are both now parts of shows where I got dropped to the ground and you both thought, oh, he's dead. He had a heart attack. (laughs) It'd come to your aid. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it's a good thing you guys were there, and you know what you're doing. So for people to have a little bit of your background, you're uh, you're a war vet. Um, you you saw time uh, over there serving for our country. So thank you very much for that. And uh, you did did being over there, and I asked this, and I'll explain why. Did that open some interest more into the paranormal for you than prior to your? Uh, involvement in the military i think so um you know before i got in the before i joined the military i lived in south carolina my whole life and you know i had a very religious uh kind of upbringing so i had a specific view of the world and then you get kind of dropped into first i went to europe and then i deployed from europe to iraq almost immediately and um so it was like culture shock all all the way around and but not only that you get to see that like your view of the world is just so narrow until you see more stuff and you know, you see other things and it makes you question a lot of um, makes you have a lot of uh, philosophical questions, you know, and Mm -hmm. then you do see things that happen to people. And it's on on my end, I would, I would say it's more like miracles, you know, Mm -hmm. than necessarily ghost like paranormal activity for me and my my experience downrange. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely made uh, 
made me more open-minded to everything that could be going on around me. You know, in the military, they say, uh, you know, complacence kills, right? So you're supposed to be aware of your surroundings. Situational, situational awareness is what we call it. And uh, that's kind of the thing with ghost hunting, isn't it? Yeah. You've got a lot of the viewers here popping up thanking you for your service. Oh, yeah. Hey, well. everybody. Yep. The, the reason I ask is, you know, over the years of doing paranormal radio and podcasting, a lot of veterans have reached out to me. They don't want to go public with their stories, but a lot of them have talked to me about kind of having spiritual awakenings um, when they were over in Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, there were quite a few that told me cases of encountering the black eyed kids, uh, some that that encountered these angelic beings over there, um, yes. things uh, that they could not understand. Yeah, there was one um, from Afghanistan. It was a, a special forces unit, and mm-hmm. they um, they encountered something that lived in a cave, and it killed several of the men in the fire team. And yeah, so that was. There's tons of crazy stories that come from Jeez. that. That's kind of like you know, that's when you're talking about Iraq, you're talking about what like um, uh, you know that was the heart of civilization at one point. That's Persia, right? You know that whole right. area. But it's steeped in history, and there's so much supernatural, not just paranormal, like I say, supernatural like activity going on there. Yeah, and it's been so disturbed, you know, during during all the war that that mm-hmm. you know I can't imagine the kind of activity that people living, you know, your Iraqi citizen, uh, you know, deals with in say a haunted house in Baghdad. There's no, I mean, the the kind of trauma that goes on, you know, it's it's crazy. Now, obviously, you build equipment. Do you consider yeah. yourself sensitive? Like, not maybe not at Cindy, mediumistic, full mediumistic, but do you feel like that being around death, being around the things that you've seen and done, do you feel that that opened up a spirituality in you? Yeah, I'd say so. It's kind of it's kind of a double edged sword. It's like uh, you know, you know, like before you realize that there's other things out there, you know, it's, it's kind of a comfort to know this is like the set of rules nature goes by, and, you know, mm-hmm. anything outside of that is just silly. But then when you experience something that does exist outside of those rules and, it's, and it changes the way you think and you can't nail it down. So you can't, you know, uh, jump to another, another theory to explain things each so easily. And uh, yeah, it definitely makes you open-minded when you, I think the open-minded thing is important because uh, you can deny yourself the ability to see or experience things that are paranormal. If you just believe that it's not there or whatever enough. Right. And so I think most of us. Yeah. yeah, The reason I ask about your sensitivity is I thought it was interesting. You know, I've talked to a lot of tarot readers and tea leaf readers and Ouija board experts and and people that communicate using a third party device. And every one of them has basically admitted to me that the tool is really just kind of a crutch for them. And I kind of watched you while we were doing filming because there were times I'd hold your equipment and I'd get nothing and I'd hand it over to you and voices would start popping out of it. It was, do you think that your equipment becomes like a conduit for you and, and helps process what it is that you're experiencing in that kind of metaphysical bubble around you? I do. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of have developed 
a theory that's, you know, since we developed digital technology, you know, electronic devices mm-hmm. and recording devices and, and video, audio components, like since we developed all that stuff, that's when we start obviously started noticing pictures and recordings of voices that from people that weren't there. And mm-hmm. uh, it was almost from the beginning when people noticed those things and couldn't explain them then. And, uh, you know, so, and there are lots of times where people will kind of, um, they'll be able to, they, they almost seem like the device favors them. Like if you're holding a ghost box and it's right. everybody else has held it and nobody gets responses and then you pick it up and say, what's your name? And then you get Bob, <laughs> right? So uh, that it could be a number of things that causes that. But I say, yes, there is like a new type of um, extra sensory ability, I guess you could call it, um, where you are more aware of like electronic transmissions or you're more likely to get communication or to be able to be heard by things using electronic devices. If that do makes you sense. Think, it does. I'm curious. Do you think there's an inherent flaw in that though? Because like, you, you know, I use my Panasonic DR60. I try other recorders. I get nothing. I use my DR60. I used to have a Colby recorder. That was a junky little $19 recorder. I bought that. I used to get great EVP on until I you smashed it by accident. Um, it took me a while to bond with my DR60, and then it, it really seems to work well for me. And I've handed it over to other people at events, and they'll try to do it, and they get flatline nothing. Right. So I often wonder, am I imprinting on this? Am I, are, you, I, are, are we I'm getting an answer that. truly from the spiritual realm, or are we projecting the, the, the images and the messages that the spirits are giving to us? I'd say, I'd say it could be a little bit of both, depending on the situation, you know, okay. um, like with you, I was going to point that out that, you know, that's your go-to tool, right? That DR60. Mm-hmm. And it's like that uh, when you, when you're not getting anything or you feel like there's like a block because of your lack of uh, like, um, you know, psychic ability, mm-hmm. uh, you get your DR60 out and you start getting responses. Right. And you've got crazy responses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just got that just now. And it's like, there's no way. Right. But uh, I noticed that with you, and I was going to say that, that that's your device, and you've kind of mm-hmm. bonded with it. The obelisk, for example, right? Like, um, I've seen a lot, so many people who say they, they hold an obelisk, and they can't, it doesn't do anything for them. But then, like, somebody else will hold it, and it'll start answering them. And you can't really explain that. Yeah. Equally. I mean, you can't really explain it by just random chance because it's too uh, frequent. Uh, my wife, for example, when we bought our first Ovilus, uh, you know, I would use it, talk to it, try it for hours, man. And it would never respond back to me. I handed it to Katie and it took to her right away. And it would, they were partners until it, until it died. It died though. So, but well, anyway, yes. We'll get it to um, me. We'll see if we can resurrect it and get it going for you again. You know, I know I'll, a I'll guy. I know, I know, I know you know a guy. <laughs> I don't know that guy personally, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, well, this is a unique series, right? In the fact that with the Ghosts of Devil's Perch, um, the three of us get to go in by the invitation of Mayor J.P. Gallagher and uh, the, the police chief, Sheriff Lester, to come in to look at this. And I think what's fascinating is neither one of these guys are real spiritual. Neither one of these guys are real open 
to the paranormal, but they are open to their contingents and the people that are in their community that are upset and bothered. And I thought, man, that is a strong stance to take that you're willing to call in supernatural researchers and investigators and allow us to try to help bring some peace for the spiritual realm there. And, you know, Sheriff Lester says in the trailer, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a believer in ghosts, but I think you and I saw a couple couple moments of flickering in his eyes when something would happen that I think I think he got close a few times there that that I'd love to talk to him now and see how he feels about the paranormal after having watched this thing play out. I think you get a different response if there was a camera on or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's still got to he's still got to get voted into office. Was Sheriff Lester over a beer, he'd tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like uh, in uniform, I don't think he's just going to jump completely on board. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think um, I think he was already having doubts in his um, in his uh, disbelief when we got right. there. You know, that's that's all that was obvious to me. So he keeps his cool. I'll give him that because. It's one thing, and you know this, is you're in the military. Your job is to protect this or to take this back, or you have a a direction and a directive. And when your job is to protect, serve and protect, and there's a fight at a bar, you go in, you break up the fight, you take away the bad guy, you send the good guy home, right? And in this case, when there's things that you can't handcuff and you can't drag out or taser or talk down off a ledge, that's... Again, I, I I totally respect these two guys because that's a lot of ego that most people would have to be like, I'm not calling it. It's going to make us look stupid or weak, and it didn't. They realized we can't help you with this type of problem, but let's get somebody that can. And I think that was a really important thing that I saw unfold, and I think that that's what made the people so open to us to share these stories. Right. Well, I mean, we're fortunate that, you know, um, that these, these – uh, sheriffs that we've dealt with in the mm-hmm. this show and the previous shows uh you know that they that the towns have had great a great sheriff in place and who's willing to be open-minded like we were talking about and to uh like seek out the you know i don't want to say professionals experts maybe like uh mm-hmm. people who are like entrenched or uh you know right. well-versed in paranormal things that happen and you know how to maybe fix it and so i think you did the right thing uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of kind of more manly men, cops, <laughs> who don't want to go the wrong way, right? They don't want to be taken like they're light, or they they you know, um, like they're afraid of it of something, or or I think that might be a problem also. You know, what, like what? How do you project? that image of protect and serve when you can't see the threat you don't even know what the threat is and it's right it's right there in front of you but you're you appear to be helpless so i mean i think it's a smart move um because personally if i had something happen paranormal in my house and thought it was something real like somebody breaking in or something called the police and they come out there and they're just dumbfounded because nothing is the way it should be for a break-in then you know and they don't know what to do. It's like that that line in the headline in the newspapers: "Police baffled." You know that never looks good on them, right? <laughs> right, exactly. 
Right. Yeah. Um, just I, I got to remind people, I will be out at Gettysburg Battle Bash this weekend, August 19th through the 21st. Uh, join us. We're going to do a meet and greet. Um, Shane at Pittman and I are going to be out there from the Holzer Files. There's a whole slew of paranormal people that are going to be on hand. We're going to be hanging out in Gettysburg. We want you guys to come on out. You can get information at darknessevents.com. So, yes, I'm still on the bill. I'll be out there all weekend. Uh, I'm excited. I get to meet another sister. So my family just keeps getting bigger, Katie, and I get to meet, uh, get to Mine hang too. out with two of my sisters. So it'll be awesome. Um, I'm right with you, man. My my family is expanding too. So, so. oh, it's very cool. Well, let's uh, you. I know we don't have much time together here, but you, Bridge, you were on on Morgan City. You moved over to do the show with us in Butte at the Devil's Perch. And for people that are curious, kind of the legend is these miners were working and digging and going down and they went so far down that that the devil had to sit above them to look where they were going because they that's how much they were doing and how, how far they were digging. Plus, there was a lot of debauchery and greed and prostitution and a lot of things that took place. This town is built on blood, sweat and tears of its yeah. of its people. Um, how does Morgan City line up against Butte in your book? I mean, haunting wise. I think it's 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 um, okay. So with my the time that I got to spend in Morgan City when I wasn't like working on projects for the show mm-hmm. at home, um, I you know my time there it was the the hauntings that I took part. Well, the first episode was like kind of scary. I don't want to say scary because I don't get scared, but you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was it was a little. He bit. doesn't, folks. I was there. He doesn't get scared. <laughs> it, t- it takes it takes a little bit. But uh, like you know, the first episode for me was probably the spookiest. Like, but the most powerful episode of Morgan City was the uh, the soldier episode, the Civil War mm-hmm. soldier, and uh, right. it was episode five, I think. And uh, so I'd say that was more of a like a powerful like connection. My my experiences there were more like connections with the spirits that we encountered uh, when we did Butte and devil's perch uh, it was completely different. I had a different role, right? Like mm-hmm. Morgan city, I just show up for the investigation. Like, Hey, I brought some stuff to use and you know, we'd use it and then I'd go back to the, to the lab. And, uh, but this time the lab was in the basement of the headquarters. So uh, yeah, it's, there was no going home. So I, I was actually part of everything. And I'd, I, I will say that it was a much more powerful experience for me this time because of my level of involvement, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just so much more involved, but the, the type of hauntings were way different um, for, in my opinion, uh, you had a lot, a lot of um, just, uh, like conflict and stuff like different types of conflict for so many different reasons, Mm -hmm. more than just tragedy and stuff. You know, you had some things that were tragic that happened in, um, in Morgan city. And, uh, but in Butte, it was like, it was always like a really, uh, like a enraged lover or, uh, you know, something like that. Somebody's just really angry. So a lot of the hauntings, some of the people may have considered them to be demonic. They may have appeared to be demonic. And, uh, you know, I don't like to jump to that, but, but right. uh, yeah. So uh, it, to me, for me, it was much more um, in your face kind of. And I, 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 I'd feel Nick on the crawling around in caves and tunnels thing. Cause right. I yeah. that, you know, this, <laughs> this season. Well, let's, 
you you built a lot of the equipment for the well you built all of the equipment aside from like the dr60 and i think one other tool that i might have carried along with me uh what what's the inspiration you go in you hear what's going on it was weird because i could see you it's like beautiful mind russell crowe all of a sudden i could just see all these you know equations popping up around your head as they were talking and then i'd they'd you know, go to you and well, what are we going to do? And you're like, I have an idea. And then you'd already started on something and would go to the piece and, and finish building it. Uh, how does that work for you? I mean, how do you feel that what's the right key to try to crack this communicative, you know, uh, puzzle? Well, uh, one of the biggest parts of a haunting is like the the location itself, right? So it's the, mm-hmm. it's the way it's everything. It's the walls. It's the you know what the what the walls are made of, what the foundations made of, how deep is the basement? How like uh, is it on bedrock? There's so many things that kind of come together uh, for a haunting location, and so I like to you know look at all the factors that are at play mm-hmm. and the experiences people have had. And I like to design my experiments based on the activity and the location and any kind of like geographical oddities there might be like, is it close to like a substation, like a power substation or something like that? Is it like a, at a, a substation crossing or something? Uh, is it close to railroad tracks, which is, I find to be a very popular one or mm-hmm. um, not necessarily popular, but common. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so there's always something location related involved in a haunting, right? And a lot of times you can use that as a trigger to, you know, trigger activity and get it some kind of communication started. Or, you know, you can use that to amplify what's already going on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I and I for inspiration for my equipment, I've always looked towards like Bill Chappell, obviously. He's like a you know, the number one for me at, I think looking at his equipment and the way he interprets uh, data from environmentals and stuff, that really took me in the beginning. And because I was doing the ghost helmet research, you know, the, we Mm -hmm. used the ghost helmet in Morgan city. We didn't, uh, I don't know. Anyway, we used it in Morgan city and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm just going to, we used a lot of experiments on the show and we have to be careful. Yeah. So go ahead. I mean, I don't want to say I didn't use something that, I, yeah, anyway. Right. <laughs> um, but the helmet was kind of, uh, it. well, the ghost helmet was based on the God helmet. And that was Michael Persinger. And he kind of coined the idea of uh, EMF fluctuations having some something to do with paranormal or spiritual activity, right? Mm-hmm. And after that, it took off as EMF fluctuations, meaning there is paranormal activity there. And Bill Chapel kind of took that whole concept and, uh, you know, came up with a way to interpret that, those readings into language. And I thought that was genius. And, and so I've, you know, always been impressed and inspired by his work, but yeah, uh, for the location, that's very important. Um, you know, lasers are important and, uh, light, light is also a part of those, um, but we had a lot of auditory. Yeah, right. we had a lot of right. auditory communication and a lot. And people, I think, I got to hear and see some of the coolest uh, direct voice phenomena, meaning from the equipment that we were getting. Mm-hmm. It, this this was a powerful series. I think you said it right when you said this was very powerful because there's a lot going on. And you, you, you think you're 
kind of settling one wound and then realize something is hemorrhaging elsewhere. Right. You know, you just opened a can of worms and there's like 10 other questions now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. I know like your spirit box, it's uh, the ink box, you call it. Um, And, and you've got some of this equipment and I know people are going to be going crazy. I've got a link for you on today's program guide. Can they see a lot of your equipment up on your site and can they order it? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have like a like a formal ordering process. You just kind of message us on on our page, and, and I'll, we'll talk to you directly, me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you do want to order something, uh, you can go to supernaturalink.com and like uh, or not super. No, sorry, sorry, supernaturalinkparanormal.com. That's <laughs> and, why we have the link below, folks. It's right, easier yes, to follow. You <laughs> you're thinking, Dave. You're the thinker. I'm a thinker. Um, yeah, so you could just go there. You can see pretty much everything I've done since 2016. So yeah, everything I've done cool. is on there. Everything that I have, uh, to offer as far as equipment wise, uh, like I try to put all the different shows that my equipment's on. There's lots of different shows. I think, uh, portals mm-hmm. to hell, they definitely have a lot of my stuff. Um, you know, uh, ghost brothers, they're super cool. I got to work with them several times. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, that, that Dalen used the helmet. So that was interesting. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, you can check out uh, ghost brothers lights out, I think. And you'll get to see that. That's the last episode, I believe. But, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I sell ghost boxes and stuff. I bet on my wares and that's what I do. Um, well, cool. And I know people are going to be interested in it. Uh, KD, thanks a lot for joining us as the season yep. progresses. I plan on doing some, live episodes on Tuesday mm-hmm. nights, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Uh, so for those of you that are just fans of the Paranormal 60 and only want that and don't want continual talk about this program, you're going to want to mix and skip over the special episodes. But because it is the show that we're associated with, I'm going to do a behind-the-scenes episode every week, uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday nights, where we will have a special guest, maybe KD Stafford, maybe Cindy Kaza, maybe Mayor J.P. Gallagher, maybe Sheriff Lester, but I can guarantee you at some point, historian Chris Fisk is going to join me on this program oh. and we're going to talk and have some fun. So I yes. hope uh, people will tune in for that. And I know you're going to come back and hopefully uh, at, at some point during this, we can get the whole team on here and just kind of have maybe at the end of the series and, and just all talk about our fondest memories of the of the deal and show some of those clips that uh, that accrued during the season. Would you be willing to yeah, come back and cool. do that? Cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know that. I know there's a big episode. Uh, there's a couple that were deeply impactful to me, and I believe it was episode three or four. Uh, we did an experiment that profoundly hit me emotionally, and I'm, I'm going to want to have you back on to talk about what we did and gotcha. how that how that happened. So we'll we'll get you back in a couple of weeks here to visit with us. But I'm already, uh, Katie, I'm already right here, Dave. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a powerful deal. Again, folks, join us. You can see me, Cindy Kaza, Katie Stafford. This brand new paranormal series, Ghosts of Devil's Perch, will be airing on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. They're both going to be dropping on August 21st, this Sunday. There'll be eight episodes. You can follow us along until the middle of Ghost-tober. And uh, we will be doing live shows on Tuesdays or Wednesdays every week after the episode airs to talk about what you saw and give you a little tease for what you can expect in the next episode. Katie, stay safe out there, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Till we meet again. Thank you. And hopefully it's soon. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get back out there and work. And I know Butte probably would like to have us back. Uh, and maybe there's other towns out there that are waiting for us as well. You know, 
high strangeness surrounds us on a daily basis, from strange things in the skies to creatures moving around us, and the belief that the dead are always there just beside us. However you choose to take your journey by watching along to your favorite shows, listening and watching your favorite paranormal podcasts, or jumping headfirst into the void and investigating the claims for yourself, remember, nothing can ever truly prepare you for what you might find. And once you see, the things around you will never be the same again. I'd like to thank my guests for coming on and spending some time with us here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with uh, Nick Groff again. Uh, Join him at his special premiere in New York this Saturday, August 20th, for season two of Death Walker premiere. The link and all the information about that is on today's program guide. And thank you to Katie Stafford. Check out his website and follow up on his adventures along with me and medium Cindy Kays as we begin our new adventure with Ghosts of Devil's Perch, beginning this Sunday, August 21st, on both Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus. And if you're going to be in Gettysburg this weekend, come by and see me, see Shane Pittman. We're going to have a great time. I'll be spending the night in Gettysburg on Sunday the 21st. Maybe we can all find a place to meet up and watch the show together. So let me know if you're going to be out that way. Thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. And may the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. Make sure to like this video and the podcast. Subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And for our new podcast listeners, welcome, my little darklings. This is your new home for the best in paranormal entertainment. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader.